another episode of Ready, Set, Binge. I'm Jeremy, and I'm joined by my co-host, tag team partner, the one and only Nick, or should I say Dimitri? I'm not sure which one I should should say. Or, oh, what? You know, um, but you know, Nick, it's good to have you. Good to have you back. What's Is going it? on, man? You're, okay, well, you're oh, <laughs> shots fired already. I don't know. I'm not feeling <laughs> it, D. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, I was. I've been holding on that one for a month. Dimitri. <laughs> you go Dimitri on me in like the first you, 10 seconds of the episode? You have Miyagi-Do just written all over your face, Nick. It's just Miyagi-Do. all over your face. Well, you got, well me, you got me flustered. We haven't even started yet. And, and we have to introduce a very special guest, the man who, you know, I was on this show when it came out. And I loved it, and it was great that, you know, I remember over the summer, this person, you know, texted me and was like, hey, I, I'm i getting into this show. Would you guys talk about it on Ready, Set, Binge? And I was like, yeah. And so I had to ask him to come on and, and you know, be our first guest. That's the one and only Jim Moore. Jim, what's going on? Or should I say Stingray? Oh, what's up, guys? Uh, I'm thrilled to be on the, the D&D podcast. That's Deremy and Dimitri. And I'm... <laughs> I'm I'm thrilled to be here. Stingray in the house. Um, I knew this, saw this coming from a mile away. Uh, I think we'll get into why, but uh, no, this is a cool show. I'm glad to be here. I definitely wanted this content to be made, so I'm happy to be a part of it. Yeah. Now, Jim, you, you've known both of us for a long time, you know, off air. I, am I crazy? I mean, Nick's taken as an insult, but it's not, not pretty dead on. Dimitri from Cobra Kai <laughs> and Nick. Am I wrong, Jim? I would say if Nick, if, if. I, 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 we're calling him Nick. I, I, I'm going to call him Prince because that's him, that's yeah. what I call him. But uh, I would say if I had to pick a character, it would definitely be Dimitri. It's not it's not a, it's not a perfect perfect match, but it's it's up there. If this was Ancestry.com, we would have we would be in the ninety percentile on DNA yeah. match with with Nick Prince and Dimitri. And, and we'll and we'll get into characters, you know, Nick. But Dimitri's very funny on the show, so you should. Be good. I think he cracks me up a lot. R- so. Dimitri cracks you up? I think Dimitri's hilarious. I was I was a Stingray fan. <laughs> I thought Stingray. There's room was, for both guys. Hilarious. No, there, there, Jim. You're right. There's room for. I think I wasn't comparing who was funnier, Stingray or Dimitri. They're both very funny. Yeah, I. There are some I, characters that are stale. Dimitri is not one of those characters. Absolutely. So. You know, I could, you know, Jim is married to Samantha in real life. Wow. <laughs> oh. <Whoa>. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, you know, so I guess Jim can kind of be like Robbie, you know, he's married to Sam, but huh. Sam can, on the show, knows karate. Jim's wife doesn't, but, no, she um, does not. but, you know, Jim's married to Sam. So, Unbelievable. hey, Unbelievable. It's all good, man. So for those listening, we are talking about the one and only Cobra Kai. And it's a uh, it's a show that I've been excited to talk about for a while because I just think this is something this is some of the like, one of the best ideas I've seen in a while. And I think it's one of the best shows on television right now. It's, it's not often you see a concept like this executed so well. It's it's kind of like one of those where you're worried that it might be too much fan service and you're not sure what direction they'll take it in. But this show from season one, in my opinion, had a great balance of nostalgia versus new. 
And um, it was one of the more pleasant surprises of the past couple of years, honestly. Jim, I, uh, I'll start with you. I wanted to ask, were you someone always a big fan of the, the Cobra Kai? I mean, not the Cobra Kai, the Karate Kid movie franchise? Or did you get into that later? Or what's your background? I would say that um, I wasn't like a mega fan. Like, it's not like my Star Wars or anything like that. But it definitely was part of, like, movies that were in my childhood that I watched um, in the same vein of, like, some other, like, sports movies from the 90s. And, like, even though this was a little bit, like, before my time, really. Like, I don't think I saw this until I was close to middle school. Um, I liked them. I think they were like almost more like a like how Rocky movies did too. You know what I mean? And, I, and mm-hmm. like I'm not I'm not a huge huge Rocky nut, but like I love Rocky. Like Rocky serves a purpose, and I think that the Karate Kid series, like the you know the, at least the first few, um, fill that same sort of a lane. Nick, how about you? Were you a Karate Kid f- film franchise like fan growing up, or did you get into that later? No, I actually think Jim put it put it perfectly. We were born the same year. To, uh, I also found it to be a little bit before my time, so I got into it a little bit after the fact. I wasn't big on the franchise as a whole. I loved the original. Uh, when I grew when when we were growing up, it was like I remember watching. Uh, well, we talked about this not too long ago. The Three Ninjas. Those those movies, mm-hmm. Three Ninjas, Mighty Ducks, Sandlot, and all that stuff. Um, Karate Kid was not really a part of that regular lineup for me that I would go back to, but I still really enjoyed the like, especially the the original. Um, and I I always recognize how iconic it was and how important it was um, as as a child as a childhood movie. But was it one of my go tos? Was it on my top five? No, but I still grew to appreciate it. No, I I understand that. So, I guess I I can ask both of you where how did you kind of because I can say for me being a guy I'm a big fan of YouTube, so I saw the Cobra Kai hype you know coming and I was like well because I love these movies, I have to give it a try. Where did you guys kind of first get into giving Cobra Kai as a series like a try? I mean I go off recommendations. So when you mentioned it, Jim mentioned it, I thought, well, these are two there's a TV buff and a movie buff telling me, you know, <laughs> I got I, I got to give this a shot. And honestly, I was a little I was a little hesitant at first because I thought maybe it would just be a big nostalgia trip and a lot of fan service and maybe a little cheesy. But honestly, they took it in a direction that I really didn't expect it to th- to go and it had just the right amount of everything just the right amount of cheese just the right amount of of funny just the right amount of drama um and it struck a chord with me from the first episode and and that's without having been really a tremendous a really big fan of the of the uh, original series um i could see like people watching this as the first time who never saw the karate kid getting into it like like younger generation now getting into it i thought it was just it it was that good of a, a show Classic Dimitri answer. Jim, how about you? (laughs) Um, So I remember hearing about Cobra Kai when it came out on YouTube. And I remember it existing on YouTube. And for whatever reason, 
I've never been one to like use YouTube as a way of accessing media. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just never been like it's never like clicked in for me. YouTube in my mind is like like ten minutes tops for the most part. And it's more of like a clips thing. And I know that that's sort of arbitrary, uh, but that's just sort of where I draw, draw the line for whatever reason, at least now. Um, so really, I think it was you know we're we're shut down in coronavirus times. And uh, Tiger King uh, came and went. And at some point, I don't remember when Cobra Kai was made available, but that's kind of when I turned to it was, I guess, sometime in the spring of of lockdown, of quarantine. And it was, I expected it to be good, and I'd already heard that it was good. And and so I I was still blown away. It was not what I thought it would be, and it was definitely I kind of got hooked from the beginning, and, and I'm in. I'm in. I'm in for the ride. Wow, um, I'll, it's your first time on. I'll give a pa- you mentioned Tiger King. <laughs> um, I'll give you a pass, you know. But uh, what was that, or was that not a? a th- it was a thing. I'm not. But I'm I, not I'm it was saying, a thing. Yeah, you, you, it was it a was moment a in time. It was I, terrible. When? It was. It was shameful. I was ashamed. My landmark of when, like it was. <laughs> Tiger King consuming uh, American pop culture, and I feel like Cobra Kai, it's not on that level, but as far as, like, Netflix rankings, like, it rose really high around that time, and I think I rode that wave kind of when it was really getting big. Um, maybe around, I guess, releasing the second season or something like that. No, no, Tiger King was definitely Well, did you, did you not thing. like Tiger King, D? I did not. <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. I'm, like I'm, you know, I kind of figured, based on your tone... Did you like it? I thought it was entertaining. I so in that vein, yeah, I I enjoyed watching it. I was kind of I was hooked on it like everybody else. Did I find it shameful? Of course, it was horrific, but I still found it entertaining. I I don't I don't know. I mean, but then again, you're on everything early, so for you, this could you could have known about this your problem like <laughs> ages ago, and like this wasn't a surprise to you, and you could have told us all about hey. Carol Baskin. See, I told you this would have happened. <laughs> Probably. I had Carol Baskins on my podcast show years ago. <laughs> I, I probably, probably, nah, no, uh, uh, that's, that's, you know, good. I don't think it wasn't, I could see that. I think to me, if we weren't in quarantine, it wouldn't have the buzz that it did. Well, it was, at, that's oh, why I, I think, I think everybody agrees. Yeah, it was that. at the beginning of it. No, not everyone did. Not everyone did. Um, some people thought, no, it's really good. And blah, blah. I did not think so. And I, I didn't really find it too entertaining um but that was just me but no i don't always see things early nick you know um you were I on just, cobra kai early you know, i stay alert i stay alert well i i am a big fan of the karate kid uh, the original one but the series as a whole and the impact that it's had on our culture and a lot of you know that's a big reason why we had you know you look at like bruce lee in like you know late 60s early 70s but in the 80s where a lot of like these karate dojos start cropping up in like suburbia comes from the karate kid. So like that impact always has fascinated me for sure. And then just for me, like Jim had said, he's the opposite. I do watch a lot of YouTube for a lot, a lot of like, I'll watch a short clip, but a lot of like long, you know, an hour plus I watch a lot of stuff like that. So I'm on YouTube a lot and seeing the trailer for it, um, and I guess this kind of segue why I wanted to ask you guys, because a lot of things and we've talked about it, I've talked to both of you off air and Nick, even a little on air. A lot of things are getting remade and they're kind of 
it's 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 kind of been a drag. And and so that's to me what I saw in this trailer. It had a little bit of a twist on it. And I kind of wanted to ask you guys, how do you compare it? Because I, I don't want to speak for you both, but I, well, Nick, I know, but Jim, I don't want to speak for you, but I think not a big fan of the, the remakes. But what about this kind of made it special for you? Yeah, I think that there's. I think it's important to allow like what they're doing. Like time goes by, and we're going to take a not featured character and sort of make that the main premise and shoot off of that. Um, I think it's similar to that in movies is really where where I've seen it, where it's had different levels of success. I think that the Creed series kind of played a similar uh, maneuver. That's a good point. um, I think that there, you know, that was the interesting result. I really honestly loved the first Creed movie. Um, and then Star Wars also did that kind of, you know, they took a long gap of time after uh, Return of the Jedi, and they sort of tried to tell a new story by weaving some of the original characters into it. And I think that was less success- uh, successful. Um, so as a concept, like, I don't, I'm not, like, fully against it or, like, fully into it. I think it needs good craftsmanship to work. I mean, people really need to decide on what our tone's going to be and, and, and how are people going to enjoy this. And I think that what they've done with Cobra Kai has, has really filled its own lane without trying to recreate what it originally was. And I think to Prince's point, they also made it accessible to people that had never seen the show or I'm sorry, seen the, the original series of movies. Uh, they do a really good job of just cutting in any pertinent sort of clips from the movies. They just put them in there and then everyone's kind of up to speed. And I think that this show... Um, really is its own thing, uh, using that as a backdrop. And I think it make, that's what makes it good. Nick, how about you? How do you feel about kind of with this and being a remake? And, and I don't want to say speak for you. I don't think you're a big fan of like these, these kind of, you know, TV and movies going <laughs> back years later. But how, how do you feel about this one and why it was – you know, made an impact yeah, I mean, I had mixed feelings initially. Um, you know that I, I mean, I've said it a million times before that I am really seeking new original content. And I'd like, because I feel like it's lacking nowadays. There's so many reboots. There's so many, uh, so many of these recreations, these reimagining of, of uh, classic movies and, and TV that I, I just felt like there was this, there was this void that needed to be filled with, you know, original content. Like there, obviously it's out there. Like, you know, you, you have shows like Handmaid's Tale and, 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 you know, um, all these stranger things and like all these others that are coming from these, these subscription services, these, these great original shows. But still I felt like they were, they were just dialing up these remakes too much but with that said, despite the, how I felt about it in the past, honestly, I was really rooting for Cobra Kai. I, I don't know why. I I just was really rooting for Cobra Kai. Um, I felt like the remakes that have been based around the 80s time period seem to have had, for whatever reason, the most success. And maybe you can speak to that, or Jim, you have an opinion on like why that is. Um, but this is like the second one that Netflix has kind of gone with in the addition to, to stranger things, that's, that's kind of, you know, taken off. Um, and honestly, it struck me as surprising and I, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed it. I was rooting for it. 
I think the eighties are really a cool backdrop for people now. And I think it mostly has to do with the amount of time that has passed for it to really look back. I think when we were coming up, the interesting time periods to look at were the sixties and seventies and people didn't really consider the eighties in the same way, but across all kinds of different genres and storytelling types, we see original shows like stranger things and, um, the Americans, I thought, had a really good run. I'm actually watching that right now. So it's it's on the tip, you know, and uh, they're getting into uh, Reagan, that new doc that's on Showtime. And the new Call of Duty that just dropped is all centered on uh, the Cold War, specifically to the 80s. So I just think that we're, we've had enough time that's gone by and the people that sort of were molded in that decade are the ones creating a lot of this content now that we're getting a fresh sort of look the 80s and it's it's really interesting to people because it was a little bit ridiculous and the music was a little bit ridiculous but it was also kind of cool and the music was kind of cool um so i think it's it's really finding its own new sort of resurgence of being retro in a good way and i i'll just say i think a lot of times also um for what we've been seeing in society the past you know this past decade in the past few years especially a lot of it you kind of can trace it to the 80s and the 80s is where a lot of things you know whether it's, you know, we see like the whole internet wave, he's looking go back to the eighties to see Steve Jobs and you know, when did you first see, you know, cell phones and stuff like that was back in the eighties. I think just a lot of things that we're seeing in society now and all walks of society kind of was formulating back in the eighties. So I think it kinda like has that connection well, too. D, let me opinion. ask you this. Do you in your opinion, do you think like the more that this has been done, which is like and what I mean by that is rebooting an old series. Um, do you mm-hmm. find that the more it's been redone, the more successful it's been? Like, like for example, like that the the creative minds behind these series have has, have have kind of observed and learned from maybe the reboots and remakes that that have failed earlier on because it seems like just recently we're starting to see them be more successful and i know there's a lot of anticipation about the fresh prince remake coming up because it's being done in a completely different way um i just wanted to i was just curious your thoughts on that i think um i think a big thing for me i will say is with during in 2020 and quarantine I think the public has kind of wanted something that makes them feel comfortable because so much has just not made them feel comfortable and been intense and divisive and scary. You, you mean, you mean like stuff. Tiger King? So I think the, <laughs> as far as what? You know, scaring the public. I didn't say that. That's what you said. I don't, I don't think that. You know, that's all you. I don't think that. I'll let you have that one, but... um. No, I think, uh, see, I'm trying to answer your dumb question here, but it's more of, I don't think the producers are looking at other people. I think it's kind of seeing what the public wants. And I think studios kind of see it's cheaper and easier to market and make than being creative. You know, I remember a few years ago, people talking about like when the Will and Grace show like came back. They were like, hey, NBC already had it. You had the actors, you had the plot. And to market it, all they had to do was put billboards up and just say they're back. And you just saw the four of them. And it, that was really simple. So I think it kind of is just, it's it's just kind of been easier. And I think the public kind of has really, more than ever to me, these past this past year really wanted 
the nostalgia and want, and you've seen it even with like reunited apart on, on YouTube with, you know, Josh Gad getting these classic movies and these casts all these years later back and stuff. So like, I don't know. I think, you know, honestly, I was kidding, but it's a really good question. I think it's been a combo of studios feel like it's easier, easier to make money, easier to, to do everything. And I think the public more than ever this year, but I would really say with this it. show there, I mean, it certainly wasn't a slam dunk concept right I, I bet you that their plan wasn't originally to have youtube be the people that put out their show um and, and maybe i'm dead wrong on that but it definitely seems like it's a show that was uh skeptical and risky and it, and it's making it you know what i mean but it, it wasn't necessarily destined to be that from the beginning so they i mean i think they, they did it right and that's why they're finding success now um whereas like a lot of these other film franchises and shows that's like they had just so much money thrown behind them and in some ways it felt like this is being rammed down people's throats whereas i feel like with cobra kai it's like this was sort of an underdog thing and people are sort of pulling it into relevancy and they're saying please do more of this because they think to Jeremy's point it's filling that like we want something that doesn't have a ton of heist does bring in some nostalgia and and at the end of the day after every episode you feel kind of good um and that's a good thing to have these days yeah no, um, I, I I do think because uh, I did some you know research for like the background of it. I think it's a combo gym. Like there was once, what a lot of the the creators said, that they went they had a choice. They chose YouTube because YouTube were the people who okay. were most excited and like were like willing to like work with them and were pumped for the idea. And same when they. You know, because YouTube, what happened, how they went to Netflix, YouTube kind of started ending their original content. And so then the the creators of the show talked to the people at YouTube. Hey, can we go, you know, and Sony, can we go look around? And then they said they had offers. So it was a little bit harder because, you know, that's when the mm-hmm. pandemic kind of broke out. But they went with Netflix because of, A, it's streamed, you know, the biggest streaming service in the world. And then, B the people at Netflix were the most excited about the idea and what it could do and taking. So it kind of was a combo. I feel like it wasn't just about like on both sides, creative and like the, the networks, it was like that energy, that, that passion of behind the project is really what kind of catapulted it, you know, to being a success. Now I think we got to, let's dive on in here. There's two seasons of the show. Season three is dropping back, you know, early January. I have to talk about the angle that they did on, of course, the Johnny and Dan characters. And I think, and even rewatching it, you know, the, the past month, you know, and all that. Still, I can't help but just be amazed by how they really put a spin on it. And even if you watch the, you know, the Karate Kid movies and back in the day, but just the way they took that angle and kind of just had that approach to it. I don't know what you guys felt about it. Yeah, I mean, I think this is this is the crux of why the show is good. At the end of the day, I think it's these two performances that are carrying the show and it's a mix of what the actors are doing. But I also think the way that the creators and the writers are, are really developing these these characters, that it's... Um, this a lot in preparation for this podcast. And, and follow me on this one and, and tell me what you think about it. But original... Karate Kid, you watch it, and I think there's very clear-cut good guy and clear-cut bad guy uh, wrestling. 
um, the 80s specifically. And then I think now you have it and the lines are a lot murkier. And I feel like uh, the good guy, Danny LaRusso, isn't necessarily the person that you're supposed to be rooting for anymore. And I think everyone kind of has mixed feelings about him. And people have mixed feelings about Johnny. But ultimately, I find myself rooting for him constantly uh, every step of the way. And I think he's, he's the better character and, and kind of the protagonist. Um, so I really like the, the way that they sort of flip that on its head. And I, I kind of, for me, it's easy to draw a line in, in the way that I've sort of seen wrestling evolve over the same period of time. I, I agree, Nick. With, what do you think with that point? I, I I found the the greatest success of the show to be its ability to to blur the lines between between good and evil. It re- really like life is not black and white. There's a lot of, there's a lot of gray area, and you've really at times it's hard to tell the difference between the bully and the bullied. And who's who's the victim? Who's the protagonist? Who's the antagonist? Um, constantly blurring lines, as Jim said. That is what made the show for me because I was also rooting for Johnny the most, and I was finding myself kind of annoyed sometimes at Daniel Russo, um, and I think that was done on purpose. And I knew that's what they were trying to do, but I still found myself. Uh, feeling that way I found myself identifying with almost every single character in the show I felt like the writing and the way that the show was directed lended itself really well to um, just empathetic points of view you could see that not every you know no character on that show was one-dimensional no character on that show you could take at face value and draw conclusion about them immediately every single character had layers to them they were complex uh they had they had flaws um and and that was a reflection of i think the the philosophy in the show as a, as a whole i think that's what they did their the strongest no i i you both made great points i can't say anything about it do you guys think um because I heard Jim, you made the reference of Johnny being the protagonist. When you look at least, I say for the first season, did you feel that Daniel was the antagonist, or was I, there not? I really did. An antagonist? I found myself actively rooting for Johnny and actively rooting against Danny. And I feel like the second season sort of tried to turn that temperature down, and you sort of develop Crease as this new sort of a villain, even though that's not a hundred percent all the time. Um, but at least in the first season, it's just like, like. Johnny down on his luck. He's trying to make something. He's trying to do the right thing most of the time. And you, you, you don't stand by every single thing the guy says or does, but at the end of the day, his heart's in the right spot and, and you're with him. Um, and what's crazy is like, that's not the type of show that I would ever set out to go watch. Um, you know what I mean? But for whatever reason, it is incredibly compelling and rewarding to watch it. Um, and that's what I think is special about this show. Um, it's 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 predictable in a lot of ways, and that's not a problem for me whatsoever. When normally I would be like pulling my hair out about that. This show is different, and I make exceptions for the show because I think just the way that they deliver is unique. And it's and it's even though it's based off of uh, not an original concept, it is very new to me and, and and refreshing in a good way. And they played off the original movie. 
because as Jim said, the original movie is very clear cut. There's 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 an obvious good guy and an obvious bad guy. And what they did was they they completely turned that on it on its head. And that's in, in my opinion how the show now has become so compelling because it has that rich history of clear cut good versus bad. And now all of a sudden, no, things aren't always exactly as they seem when you start learning more about the characters. And I feel like we're at a point in society right now where we're ready to explore that. And I, I, I don't think, you know, in the eighties, I think it was, a you know, we were still in that good versus evil, very, black and white kind of mode. And I don't think we're there anymore. Just in general, as a society, I feel like we're, we're exploring that, that gray area. And I, I you know, I think it was, it was time to, to do it. And I think that's one of the reasons why it struck a chord with so many people. I don't know, D, if you, if you feel the same way. Uh, I know I agree with the, I, with all the points of why I struck the chord and I thought it was a great, you know, twist that they put on it. And I think to me, when I watched it at first, I could see that, but very quickly it went away. And then rewatching it again, I don't think Daniel is a an antagonist either. I, I think what helps is that dynamic and that they made it so worlds apart, you know, like where Daniel just keeps, at least on paper, he's successful, successful, successful. And Johnny, you know, really can't, he hasn't moved on or grown past 1984 you know um i i found it. i know why they did it. i guess i didn't like that you know ali's the love of his <laughs> life because i was like uh like it's really kind of like seeped in there but okay but i found it that to me daniel to me was a protagonist in the fact that at least in season one he was missing something you know he had he didn't like the country club life. He he was successful. I felt like his wife more was really embracing that. And he kind of didn't like, you kind of could hear him say like, man, they're playing their video games or this or that. And I missed all that. Like he was kind of searching for that, you know, so he was feeling empty. And I felt like, you know, he's referencing back to Mr. Miyagi. Mm. Which they do a great job of that and, you know, keeping his spirit alive. So I, I think that's what compels me is that that pilot and a lot of those clips from the pilot or the first episode were, in the trailer, it looks like, yeah, Dan's a douche and Johnny, you know, feel bad for him. But to me, very quickly, I see a different, a different side of Daniel and they're both a protagonist, but it's two different worlds where Johnny is, you know, economically poor and struggling and down on his luck and, you know, maybe an alcoholic to an extent. And then Dan is financially, he's successful, but it's not the life that he wants like to live. Foils. I think that they're both they both have an unhealthy relationship with the people that they were in high school. Um, I, I like the, the way that the, the car dealership mm-hmm. is tied into this guy's high school karate. And like, in some ways, like it is <laughs> not believable. Like it's not believable that anybody would ever remember that karate tournament um, or that anyone really ever cared that much about tournament to begin with. But that's besides the point. I don't care. I want everyone to have cared about it. Um, it's, it is weird, though. Like, the amount of karate in this town is absurd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, it's, it's a little flip. I, I don't think it's too crazy because I see what you're saying, but we do that. I mean, look, we're all, you know, in Philly area. 
how many like former athletes oh, you know, with I, car I dealerships? I completely agree and get that concept. They, I just think that it's a stretch to say that it's an, that you could also translate that to karate. I just I don't know. I just don't think anywhere in the in the United States has that kind of a uh, respect for the art. Uh, not the art, not just karate, and that it, I agree. But like it, mixed martial arts has a you know a, a love you know and stuff like that. So I get I get it with the stretch, but who knows if that town? Because I feel like you know certain towns, you know what I mean, have certain sure. things that are like their staple. So what if like <laughs> the All Valley, you know, championship is like that town's like staple, like so. Nowhere else is it big, but like that town, it's it's like kind of big. But that's just you know, I I kind of feel. I want to ask you guys. Let's go to the 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 kids of of both dojos, but starting with Cobra Kai and Nick. What do you think about the Cobra Kai students? Especially um, when you first see them. Oh man, do they they make the ultimate transformation? Do they not? Like they come in as like this this ragtag kind of like you know perceived as nerdy dorky group of kids that are you know want to learn karate so they don't get their asses kicked and you know it's all about being badass and you know you, you go you go with the Eli Hawk transformation he goes from this this kid that's being you know beaten down and and criticize and all that into this douchebag. Like, <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, I, it was weird. Yeah. Like I had mixed feelings about it because at first I found myself rooting for these kids. Um, and a couple of them I still do, but then like, you know, season two, I'm like, man, like Hawk's a douche, <laughs> I'm like, you know? And, and it, yeah. they, they sort of kind of remind you of the, of the old school Cobra Kai and, you know, more of the antagonist role. Um, it constantly, it's one thing about the show is it constantly, it, it, you never find yourself set in one place in regards to rooting for a character. It constantly forces you one way or another. You never stay in one spot. Um, but that, that's just me. I, I don't know if you guys felt the same way. Uh, you, 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 maybe you like Hawk. I don't know. Right now I can't stand him. Um, but yeah. I think Hawk is was a really cool kind of a of a transformation, and and you show, I think they do a lot of foils, right? You have you have Miguel and Robbie, and you have Hawk and Dimitri, um, Sam and Aisha, and I think that those three that start in the original or in the new remake of Cobra Kai, that some of my favorite parts of the show are those early days where Johnny is just like, they're mm-hmm. just total opposites very bad news bearsy like how are these people working together and and like this can't possibly work and the way that he treats them is hilarious to me uh completely but then ultimately like they find their common ground and, and they grow and progress right um but i like johnny's journey to like developing that relationship with his students way more than danny's like danny as a teacher is lame to me so lame. He's Danny Tanner. Like it's just it's cheese, <laughs> right? Uh, I, I mean, well, I Nick is mind. a big fan he of Danny Tanner. Check, check the archives. Know this. I well, I mean, <laughs> well before before we get into that, I want to I, I want to make a quick point because I because I felt like there was there was an introduction of a character that that kind of 
uh, transformed Cobra Kai. And I, I saw it as the turning point in uh, in that dojo. And in the series, it, that's when Tori comes in. And never, when, trust, never trust a character named mm. Tori. Oh, <laughs> you, you, no, no, good, no good kid is ever named Tori. Dude, when Tori comes in, and I think like Johnny starts to see like, oh, we might have some talent here. We might be able to might be able to do a little something. Um, and she she kind of brings that edge. That's when I started to see like the transformation um, of like you know the the downtrodden nerds that are trying to stick up for themselves to now like okay, we're we're turned into like you know we we have this edge. We're turning this badass group of of kids that that you know we're not going to take anybody's crap um i just felt like the introduction of her character was was pretty big see i and i i'll say this and we'll get into this other character probably deeper later but tori represents to me i i do agree with you nick like the reason why we see like crease take over Kobe. Yep. like she represents like that crease where miguel kind of has like johnny where mm-hmm. You know, he, he's trying to do the right thing. He he messed up with Sam a little bit. But, you know, Miguel is, is like the Johnny, you know, dojo. When Johnny's the leader, Tori represents that. You see the transformation coming to where Kreese is going yeah, to. Exactly. They're all going to follow. And Kreese. I feel like he perceived, like, once he observed her talent, he maybe saw that as, like, an in because he, he observed, you know, she's got she's got a bit of edge to her. She don't – she don't – give a crap about nothing like she'll she'll handle her business and 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 two and you see that with hawk as well um you know once he he just goes all in um and transforms himself but yeah i agree with you now i think i i also say this you know on cobra kai i liked when it was miguel but kind of like he's like the leader of the students but Aisha's like that sergeant in arms. And I kind of, her character I really liked because there was, I felt that compelled thing where, you know, Samantha LaRusso did ditch her as a friend and she felt scorned. And, you know, I kind of was like, right on. Like, you know, sometimes you kind of wondering, like, is the beef with Miyagi Do with the students? Like, uh, where's that coming from? I liked Aisha's kind of like back and forth where I think she kind of felt torn. This, you know, what how Sam treated her and you know, Cobra Kai kind of gave her this confidence. But, you know, she has the old relationship with Sam and Sam is trying to like get back in and feel sorry. But yeah, I definitely she's kind of compelled to represent someone who has an identity and their identity isn't being consumed by Cobra Kai. I think Miguel is a little bit more on that edge of things, but sometimes he can be sucked into doing shitty things. And then like Hawk is just gone. Right, Hawk's like fully engulfed in the dark side, and yeah, uh, he did. and Tori, Tori sort of came yeah. in on the dark side, and it's and it's just very easy to go along with those things. And now Hawk is like recruiting like minions, right? Uh, who maybe will know more about? I don't know all their names, uh, the the underlings of of Hawk, but uh, that I think that they'll they'll develop those guys more in the next season if they follow the same sort of formula they've been doing. Um, and then Stingray. You know, I think Stingray came in because because Cobra Kai has found success, and and, and he's looking to uh, he's he's looking to, to put a hurting on someone. <laughs> yes, you mean, you mean Raymond, AKA Stingray, <laughs> Raymond. <laughs> now, Nick, uh. Nick, let me 
Yeah. Nick, let me ask you, true or false, when you first saw Stingray, and then even a little bit after, throughout, did you not, it, it's not knocking, you know, Dimitri's not a knock on you, it's a little joke, but it's not a knock, because Dimitri, as we see at the end, Dimitri kicks ass, so that's a compliment. He uh, does. Stingray he does, does too in the end, but, um, Nick, did you, did you, be honest, did you see <laughs> Jim when you saw Stingray? Raymond, um, AKA I Raymond. hope not. Like I like, because when I first saw Stingray, I'm like, look at this old creepy dude, like trying, <laughs> like, like going to the party. He cracked me up though when he was at that party. I'm like, he said he's at the party with the high school kids. He's like, I'm oh, like, this this dude is something else. Mm-hmm. But, my no, no, I I didn't I didn't think of Jim, man. That would have been because my initial. Um, impression of Stingray was not great, so no, I didn't think. You try to put me on the spot. I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to trying to stir that pot. It's a fun. Give, it's fun. I'll give two two specific Stingray moments fun. that I identified with. One when they're out doing uh, yes. the challenge in the woods, and Stingray has the has the goat strategy was down in the mud the whole time. And it comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it's very exactly. much how I play Call of Duty. All right. It, okay. It's about strategy. And exactly. Outwitting. And then I identify with the 40 hands situation. <laughs> yes. For, for those listening. See, Nick, Nick, Nick thought I'm like, hey, this is all in fun. All of it is just in fun. But Jim knew. We, I've talked to Jim before. There's moments. And exactly – Stingray wins that that Cobra Kai competition, and which was a great strategy. But I thought of, and I don't play Call you know Call of Duty with you guys. You know, I know Jim and Nick and other guys played those games. That's all I've heard over the years is that everyone goes in and is getting all these kills, <laughs> and Jim just like hides out and it's like not in the action. So I did think of Jim with that, and then Jim also knows from his fraternity days years ago that uh. There's, there's, li- there's literally the one Edward picture from one like night. Go, go on. <laughs> oh, my God. There was many a pics. You must have deleted them. This is back in late 2000s decade. You must have deleted them. But we could, we had a, <laughs> a, a nights and nights of laughing. But, Nick, you got to uh, see. You got to see the little, uh, little, little comparison. Uh, Jim and Raymond, a.k.a. Stingray. It's fine. A little bit. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Thank you. Thank you. Don't be scared on this podcast. Don't be scared. Gotta listen. It's all good. Stingray is great. I mean, let's look at even like the season two finale when you see the principal like talking to someone. So we do need security. And I'm thinking like, who is it? And then he turned to Sting. The camera turns to Stingray. I mean. Talk about just hilarious. I was so this, he, him in that this actor, everything. Oh, uh, he has three names. It's Paul something. Paul Walter Hauser. Yeah. Right. He played. Walter he was Hauser. in the I, Tanya movie. It's the first time I saw him. And he played that like wants to be a security guy, but isn't really. And then he was Richard Jewell, which was like, that was his whole bag. So like, this guy has a very specific set of skills. And I love that character every time from him. Uh, big fan. I hope he does more stuff. That was a cool movie. Oh, uh, Richard Jewell is awesome. I have not. Awesome movie. Nick, have you seen Richard Jewell? I recommend it. I, I'm not just I'm being serious. That's a really good movie. Really good story. Hey, man, if I can get He some does more a very Stingray. good job in it. It is. There, it's all just I'm different all degrees it. of Stingray. 
<laughs> uh, actually, he, Jim is very, very correct. Like, there are some parts. Richard Jewell is kind of a, a very sad story in some ways, but, like, there's some parts, especially opening in that, that is dead on, like, Stingray meets, oh, meets yeah, Seth 100%. Rogen's character and, like, observe and report. Like, it's like a... It, it's it's a combo and it's it's some funny stuff like you will crack up so i that's why i say that like watch and it's a great it's a true story but like watch richard jewel because i like uh paul walter hauser um so far he, he's I'll check it out. I'm, I'm a fan you know who i don't like on cobra kai mrs larusso who's that uh... i think she's fun. she's she's a good looking wife hmm. she does great in business Oh, but, I was gonna let Jeez. it go. But <laughs> as far as Jeez. like as far as a cat, as far as uh, developed in, into a, into a likable character, I just I I'm I'm not there. I don't think that either. I don't think it's well written or she's meant to be annoying. Um, but not a fan. I don't think she's meant to be much. Like she doesn't. Like I, I don't see her as like a, an integral part of the plot. She, well, uh, Nick, what do you think? Amanda about Larusso. Amanda um, Larusso. I'll be honest. I felt like their the when it got to their marriage prop, like it, you know, turning like there's a, a marriage problem between those two. I felt like that was kind of forced and i didn't really buy into it that much because i didn't see danny i I don't see danny as this bad guy i I felt like his intentions were really good and 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 you know most most you know um spouses would would see that uh so you know i i don't know she didn't really i thought she was fine I, you know, I was more intrigued by, uh, by Carmen than, than her. Like if we're, if we're doing comparisons, um, by, but, you know, they did Johnny real bad with, with, with that. He didn't even get a chance, Johnny with, with, with Carmen. But anyway, that's besides the point. I think that Danny I've... LaRusso. He, well, yeah, but I, I mean, did, I thought he had did they really time, like give him but... give him a chance? I mean, for crying out loud, he took her out it's on only like, been, one date. It's only been two seasons; they can't get together so soon. I think they'll get there. We're rooting for that. Well, it's been done. It's been done, but uh... I thought they it was a slow build, and then I thought it was very real that like even though it's not Johnny's fault. That she, that's you know what, what happens to Miguel. She's going to take it out on Johnny and like. I, I thought I kind of like that. I, I I think so. I I'm more with you, Nick. Also on Amanda, I thought um, I thought early in season one when like when we kind of like I said earlier thought Danny was kind of like maybe like stuck up and douchey. She kind of really showed that, but I did think as Danny got deeper into Miyagi, you know, reopening Miyagi-Do and the training, I kind of, you're right, Nick, he's not a bad guy, but I think I always liked that, where when you watch TV or movies and relationships go through trouble, there's not necessarily, like, a bad guy or a bad woman, like, they're two good people, but they're kind of separating, and I don't blame her, because, like, throughout it, and I think it's easy to get into, you can see he got wrapped into 
Miyagi Do, but really he got wrapped into that competition with Johnny and Cobra Kai, and he did forget, like, kind of like drop his eye on the ball of like, hey, we are running this business, this family business together, and all that. And not that money is everything, but she kind of mm. didn't see this coming, and he kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper, and she's kind of left to run everything, you know, by herself. Danny I, is I, I empathize lost in the sauce. He is it, it is unhealthy the amount that I think that he that he blows off like real responsibilities for this hobby, for this after school program, for this ex, for this extra after school program. It's it's karate. We're talking about he's a yoga business and and he's and he's school. like literally losing sales. It's not a good it's not a good look. Um, oh and, he, and at this point, God. and at this point, his marriage is on the rocks because of karate. Uh, it's it's a stretch, and that's not her fault. Oh, but you, I feel like they would, would be perfect together. Listen to you. I feel Team like, America. and I, I started this by saying that I'm not really a fan of her character. <laughs> I think that he's let off the hook a little too much, and they use her to kind of just be like the bad guy. When in reality, like, geez, man, like you have a family and a job. And you're literally making your wife do all the work at this point. Oh, please. Is... She's capable oh, of picking up a little slack while he bonds with his daughter. And but it's not, her, it's not her photos up on those billboards, man. And maybe it should be. If he wants to be a full-time stay-at-home karate master, all right, then maybe <laughs> Sensei Daniel I mean, hey. should, should, let, should let Amanda be up on the billboards. Maybe she should be. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe she would look better on those billboards than probably sell more cars, sell more alleys, karate chopping a snail. Hold on, hold on. Let me ask this question, Nick. Because uh, I, a lot, a lot of, a lot of layers to what Jim just said about the Larussos. What's your retort to that about Jim's comment? Well, I think that trivial is this, no. I think that completely he's just devalues what he's doing. First of all, first of all, he's playing a major role in taking in a, a, a we'll call him a, a troubled youth. A tr- <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw that. <laughs> a troubled youth in in Robbie Keane, and and honestly. It seems like he's maybe his daughter's grown apart from him a little bit over the years, and now he he has found this way to reconnect with her, which is really nice because he certainly can't connect with his other child. I don't know what the hell he's doing. That child's just lost in, in the sauce of of everyday life. Yeah. And if that if that was your kid, would you just go get a yeah, new it's pretty kid, bad. or would you try and no. find a way to connect with your original kid? No, dude. I... <laughs> I would find a way to connect with him, but, I'm, but what I'm saying is he's got an opportunity to connect with one of his kids because his other kid keeps shutting him out and is a real wise wise ass all the time. So it's just calling it an after school program is like that's like that's so bad, man. It's, it's a, a hobby. Listen, the ways of Danny Tanner cannot be <laughs> under should not be undervalued. Let me okay. tell you something. I don't think Danny Tanner ever skipped a day of Wake Up San Francisco, all right, to go and to go and paint the fence. I no, listen, yeah, I he, agree. He loved that shit. I agree with you in that he loved Wake it Up San Francisco. It was not fair of him to put it all on her, even though that wasn't his intention. And she did get the the bad end of the deal on that. And she was very she was very patient with it. I, I agree. 
But, like, at the same time, I would think she, like, you have to have a little perspective and see what's happening here or maybe have a conversation and say, like, look, I need I need you to step up. I think when they finally had that conversation, well, yeah, but then he did. He did. She, he got better with it. He did do that. Like, he brought in the sushi. It's a long leash. You got a long <laughs> leash right now. You got a long leash right now, man. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking about the sushi. I'm joking about the sushi. I'm saying. No, I meant, I meant, I feel like she did kind of say, where you at? Where you, but not in a mean way, but like, what's going on? What are you doing? Where you been? And he said, oh, sorry. I caught up at Miyagi-Do. They're making great progress. And like, she kind of, and then I can't blame her because, Things are just going awry. They're missing sales. And then there's this epic, you know, street brawl in the high school. And then people are in traction. And, 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 and her daughter's broken. It's just, yeah, I can't when, when Miguel winds like, up in traction, enough. of course, like, enough's enough. This. What, um, I mean, yeah, was, well, look, I mean, it didn't have to be that way. There, there is blood yeah. on Johnny. And it, I mean, and, the first season hands. also got a little bit out of control. And. I think Danny's a little bit lost and he didn't, this wasn't a way that he was reaching out to, 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 to work with Sam because really it was just Robbie, right? He had this kid who just sort of started working at his store and then he's like, I guess I'm going to teach this guy karate and this is my calling in life now. Mm. And just gives up on his two kids that you've said he doesn't have a good relationship with and also his wife and also his family that he works with at his place. Um, he's, he's not on a good path. Well, he was also a little, a little, I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say he was also a little stunned by the fact ahead, that, Nick. like, Cobra Kai is back, and it was digging into him a little bit, and it was bringing up bad memories, and, and you know, it, it, it just completely kind of seemed to deteriorate him as a, as a man, and, you know, he was losing, losing himself a little bit with the resurgence of Cobra Kai. It is – I think he's treating it like they're the Sith – and... Yo, I never knew you loved Star Wars so much. <laughs> I mean, I think that Star Wars is always a very good reference point. I think it's a very classic style reference. of storytelling. Um, and it is really applicable to lots of situations. The amount of Star Wars references that I've used in an English class in my life is high. Because I think that it's when you're talking about heroes and good and evil, Star, Star Wars is always... Uh, Mm-hmm. It's all important. Yeah. And also, I just oh, think it's a, it's a universal touchstone that everyone kind of knows about yeah. Star Wars. All right. Star Wars. Yeah, I am, yeah, actually. Are you, just, are you a Star Wars guy? There are other stories anymore. out there, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I... Oh, oh, I know that's what you were implying. I'm, so, I'm sorry oh, that okay. I haven't I used any Beowulf. Uh, <laughs> professor. <laughs> That's actually really funny. Oh, oh! But you guys mentioned the character of Robbie Keane. What are your thoughts? He's a big swing point as he's the the son of of Johnny Lawrence, the estranged son. Robbie lives with his his mom who is battling addiction. Um kind of always out raising himself and Robbie starts as a troubled, as Nick said, a troubled youth and then kind of gets brought into the light by I the have, Russo clan. What's your guys' thoughts on for you, the D, character of Robbie, Robbie Keane? Robbie Keane screams to me 
a specific okay. other character uh, from television. And, uh, and I feel like you have to have picked up on this as well. But, but is there a character that you feel like he very strongly reminds you of? I, I think I know where you're going with this. Of course, there you go. Hunter. Yes. You mean like is... Sean Hunter kind of thing? Or... Well, he right. was on the reboot Girl he, Meets World. Was he really? This character. As a relative? Oh, actor. Yes. Yes. No, he was the. He was the. He liked. Um, whatchamacallit? Corey and Topanga's daughter. And so pretty much. It, I'll, I'll flip it for you, right? It's the equivalent of. Remember oh, Boy World? Corey Remember that, on that very specifically. Yo, trip. <laughs> so then, yeah, and that other girl, right. So flip it, and then it winds up being this uh, Tanner Buchanan, who is Robbie, uh, on Girl Meets World, he's, he's the, the other uh, ski lift person. He's the other boy. But he's not, he's not sure. smarmy. He's a nice guy. Like, you like, he's very likable. He's not like a smarmy kind of guy, but... um. Yeah, so he was to connect to the Sean Hunt. I he did not drip Sean Hunter to me, and I kind of wish he would have dripped. I would have liked this character for me personally more if he dripped a little more Sean Hunter because it was too. He went too much of this badass, like he needs to be going to juvie, and then he became just too <laughs> straight laced, white milk. I'm a good guy, and I kind of wish, like we've been saying with a lot of these characters, he was in the middle. Even when he was troubled, you saw some good in him, and you liked him. And he, but he got he may have done some like graffiti or something, and he kind of was skipped school, and you know wasn't happy with Johnny. And then because like a nice guy, like okay, fine. But it was like it was too extreme, too fast for me for Robin. I don't disagree with that. Opinion. I also think him living with Danny LaRusso was a little extreme and fast. Um, I, I don't. I think wow, that he's a weird man. <laughs> did you know Jim hated the LaRussos? Like, people live in the world for their for their picture of success. All right, I think there's a there's a lot of you know behind the facade. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I think Robbie is, eh, you know, I think he, he's he's a good guy. I think he's the other guy again, right? You know, early <clears throat> she's Team Robbie. And I said that I would say this on this podcast, so I'm going to get it out right now. Carly's team Robbie, and I'm team Miguel. Um, to, to Carly's team Robbie, I'm team Miguel. I'm trying Carly's to put it in. Chris wanted me to bring up other stories, so I, I'm picking Twilight because I know he's really Oh, my gosh. Twilight. Why? It gets worse? Uh, Bro. I'm picking Twilight? Twilight so that I can, you know, so I can I can meet <laughs> Prince where he lives. You oh, know what I mean? Yo, first of all, <laughs> I would be caught dead reading that book or watching those movies. You better stop. But there, it is a universal touch point. I've never watched the movies or read the books too, but there were teams, right? Team Edward, Team Jacob. In this instance, there's a Team Miguel and mm-hmm. Team Robbie. At least I think there is. And I'm Team Miguel. That's all I'll say. If you ask me how I feel about Robbie, I'm not on his team. Um, before I, I get to Nick, I want to hear your thoughts on Robbie. I just want to ask Jim, why were you like, oh, when I said that your wife, Carly, is uh, Sam – and then she's Team Robbie. That like fits to me, right? Like, I mean, let's be real. Carly, your wife can't hit uh, that hot. Robbie goes her speed at best. Like, uh, she might be in the stands. In the stands. I, well, actually, okay. Sam was That's in the stands. What I said. <laughs> yeah. It's... 
but Sam already knew karate. Sam, you know, she so remember when that uh, that first boy kind of liked her, that bully to Miguel and stuff. And during the movies and like the moves, yeah. like when she tries, he tries to like grab her when she's walking True. away, and she shows those moves. Like yeah. Sam, if there, was a, if there was a gritty, being a youth. Uh, like gorilla theater company, Cobra Cobra plays, or Miyagi plays. Carly would be Miyagi plays. All right, she that would be wholesome, um, and non-threatening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of planting, you know, a lot trees of Earth-centric. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's only nine thirty. She's like, yeah, she a lot of planting the trees. Um, <laughs> not, I'm not safe. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> but I'll ask you, you Nick. I'll ask you, what do you feel about Robbie? For and then follow I'm Team up Robbie because are you Mc- more Team Miguel? Oh! Miguel? Miguel started acting like a little bitch. <laughs> He got, got he got all got all Whoa. insecure, got all insecure go, go in his relationship. And hey, man, that's kind of that's that's when you burn yourself. And I think that's what he did. He started getting a little, little insecure, a uh, little, little too much, and not you know not trusting Sam. And uh, you know, I felt like Robbie, even though he had trouble past, was really trying to trying to turn the corner once he got some positive guidance and I, I found myself rooting for him and I found myself rooting for for him with, with Sam. I gotta be honest. What did what did you think? There's a couple of things I have to ask and Jim jump in whatever, but I gotta throw this out. There's two things though with the Robbie Miguel. What about when Miguel brings him. back the Medal get of Honor to Miyagi? He Jeremy, get him! And Robbie does not give it to Sam. How do you feel about that? That wasn't the How best decision. How do you feel decision? about that, sir? <laughs> but I, it's not like he stole it, though. Like, and I, or go ahead. It's just, uh... and I'll say this: to be fair, you be a little hard on me. I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm not saying I don't agree or disagree. I'm just throwing it out there, devil's advocate. That's my job. I'm just saying, they are the youth. Now, we've seen plenty of adults who are our age, you know, the 30s and older, who get insecure in relationships. The, Miguel is portraying a high school kid, like his, probably his first real girlfriend. Um, she's a popular girl. Now, he was wrong in how he acted. You're right. He should have trusted her. But is it oh that God. much of a – you called him, and I quote, a little bitch. Is it? Um, is it is is that nah. really strong? And, and what do you think? <laughs> I I think if, if, if memory serves, okay, me, right? Because we got Miguel. He's trying to come over. He's trying to spend time with Sam and her family. And Sam, all right, let's not let Sam off the hook here. Because Sam, all right, she's got this oh no, there's plenty of blood on that girl's house, hands, like the pool boy or something, and little, <laughs> you know. Pool boy. <laughs> <laughs> on, all right. Uh, and whether she wants to admit it or not. And now, you know, you know, Miguel comes over and sees them just yucking it up. Meanwhile, Miguel's being treated like, uh, you know, the ugly stepchild because because she doesn't want to uh, say that she's dating Miguel to her father because he's a covert guy. And that's not right. That's not right. Well, she's considering so think, her father's feelings on it. But, but she's also not being an honest partner. And I think Miguel had the right, therefore, to then be secure because she's not being on the up and up. And then there's Robbie. 
That's true. She she I, I agree with your Great points point, about, Jim. about Great point. there. But I, I still don't agree with the way that Miguel handled it either. Well, he's you know, he's got a lot of influences in his life, all right? He's he there's a lot of violence. Well, at some point you, you got to <laughs> think for yourself. I I I it's, it's hard. I I got to agree with Jim. Like Sam, I know she's in a tough spot in this instance. It's tough, but Sam did not. She was not honest. She should have just talked to her dad about, hey, you don't know. Miguel's not like that. You have to make us take a stand. Or she should have talked to Miguel, be like, hey, my dad has this weird, crazy <laughs> rivalry from 35 years ago. I know he should let it go. But, like, I, he's just weird well, about Cobra But to your point, I mean, like, she is a teenage girl, there, you, know, you know, in the show. Not communicating. It's not easy, especially as a teenager, to right. uh, advocate for your other half. It, it, if everyone did what they were supposed no, to no. do, it wouldn't be a very interesting show to watch, right? So, I mean, the way- That's true. Or, yeah. yeah or, or world. I'm, I'm just saying. That's not Sam's big. Sam has some crimes. I'm not starting off to on Sam, this. You know, You're... a Sam-like figure. Mm-hmm. You're Sam's afraid got some crimes, Here's it, but Sam's... I ain't scared. Sam's done a lot of people dirty. Okay. Yeah. Nick, what do you think? Real quick, oh, before we get Lord. into the character, Sam. Carly Lord. Price, is she not? Is it, are you going to call no. Carly? She'll have to be someone. She's got to be someone. She could be Sam. She's Sam. <laughs> I'm just she saying, be... it's either Sam or Amanda. You already gadget. called Amanda, as I quote, as a good looking gal. How so, about, what about Stingray's girlfriend? You, <laughs> you hear what you. Yeah, <laughs> wow. But Nick, what do you think about character? Uh, Carly? A. Um, Sam, she's kind of a complex character. I agree with you in that she's got blood on her hands as well. She doesn't handle things as as well as she could have, especially with in regards to her friendship with Aisha. I I I, I feel like she could have handled that a lot better. She she's kind of in the middle for me. She's between this like. You know, she's kind of popular, but then she still has, you know, friends that are not considered that popular. Um, she's kind of got this hidden talent that nobody knows about. She, she's still good. She was, in my opinion, this mysterious character that you were wondering, like, when is she going to, um, you know, when, when is her turning point going to come? Like, when is she going to get into into fighting again and and all this and that didn't happen until season two i felt she was the longer story arc um out of all the characters uh is is she a character that i kind of rooted for not really i i mean i was not a huge fan of her but i don't really have many thoughts on sam to be honest with you like she was not a character that i found to be very and she didn't intrigue me the most out of out of all you know that cast. Definitely not. I think uh, Jim. How about you? Yeah, Sam is there where she she gives rounds out the teams really well. Um, I think that she's maybe the best written as far as being a complex character of the female characters on the show, the adults and the and the young yes. people, um, and. 
But when Sam is in the wrong, it's like she's just really in the wrong. Uh, how about when the when they're at the like the fancy country club and she goes after Tori and is accusing Tori of doing what stealing something? Mm-hmm. Uh, real real bad look. And then at the roller rink with Tori, yep, yep. that was out of control. Uh, so I think that she she really um, is quick to make a very very bad decision. Um, which is, it's not a great look. But I think that ultimately, will there be some Sam redemption? I think so. I think that we're, you know, I think that, I think the fans deserve Miguel and uh, Sam rekindling things. And, uh, you know, maybe what's the I would like see to that. see that. Your, your team, Robbie. I, that's true. I am yeah, team Robbie. Good, but, good, you know, maybe team, maybe Robbie <laughs> you can end up Robbie, with, yeah. with Tori and he can turn her to the good side. Oh, boy. I'm saying. I think it's interesting that you would say that oh, Robbie's geez. on the good side. Yeah. Because I'm not saying he's on the bad side, but I think that Miguel is clearly on the good side. Uh, I don't know about that. I think he's just as guilty as everybody else in that last episode. He just got the worst end of it. There's a lot. A lot happened. But I'm that. Things escalated very quickly in that last episode, and there's a lot to unpack there, and I'm interested to know. I'm, I hope that this doesn't turn into Cobra Kai's jumping the shark moment, because it um, you, it could go in a few directions from this point, and I hope that it goes in the correct direction, uh, for sure. Nick, very, very cold-blooded how you feel about Miguel. You just said he got to the worst yeah. end of it. I mean, the guy, is, well, you don't know if he's going to live or die. He's in trash. Princess, he had it coming. Listen, I like Miguel. I do. I'm making it seem like I don't like him. I do like him. I especially liked him early on. Um, but in season two, I just didn't find myself rooting for him as as much because he seemed to get lost along the way. And 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 it was I was frustrated with that because he was a character that in the beginning I was really rooting for. He was like my favorite character. And then he turned into kind of a douche. And then like uh, it's almost like it's a story. But I don't where ooh. It's almost right? It's episode it's episode four. We meet Luke and we were rooting for Luke. He has success. Then, right, the second uh, installment, he goes through trials and tribulations, and sometimes he's doing the right thing, and sometimes he's not. And now in the third leg, he's supposed to triumph over evil. Well, what I'll say to to because Jim the uh, Jim would, <laughs> very it was funny but on the Star Wars thing but I'll, I'll say this Nick to your point I feel like because I see where you're coming from but what I feel like what I like about Miguel and where I think it's he's compelling but also I see the good guy in him is he sees Cobra Kai you know with with, with Kreese taking yes. over. He's seeing it go dark, and he's like, that's not what we're supposed to do. I liked with Sensei Lawrence. He's a badass. I wouldn't be a badass, but not, like, dark and evil. And he's torn because these are his friends, and Cobra Kai is, like, you know, like family to him. But he's like, it's going bad, and I don't know what's going on, and I don't want to leave these guys who I got love for, but I'm torn. It's really getting too dark here, and I'm not trying to, And like, that's where I found myself. There's be rivals with Miyagi-Do. I don't want to go to, like, exactly war with them. Said. So when that's he started, where I see him. Um, seeing Crease for for who he really was, and I was like, "Thank you, we're getting Robbie back." 
because I was disappointed. I wanted, I liked his character. Yeah, yeah, we're getting Miguel back. Um, you know, I liked his character. You mean Miguel? When, when he finally, you know, gained that per, that perspective, he started to see. Um, so I was devastated in the last episode where he was the one who, who got seriously hurt. And I was also devastated that Robbie was responsible for it because he was really turning a, a good corner. Um, and that's why, I, you know, back to my original point about the show is, you know, blur, blurring those lines and really not not knowing who to root for at what point and, and kind of being empathetic towards towards everyone a little bit. Now, I think there's some more there's still some more character, a lot more character development um, that's going to take place, especially we're probably going to learn more about Tori uh, going forward. Um, but, yeah, no, I I agree with your points about Miguel and I, you know, maybe I was a little too harsh before. I think so. I think, I think he's in for a ride. He he rides, he rides the wave. You know, he's not ride or die with Miguel, right? When Miguel's at his best, Prince is in. And when he, when he starts to mess up, he's not looking long-term he's out, but he might, that's what I see. That's what I see. Wow. When it comes, so when it comes to Miguel, Prince, you're saying he's yes. a fair weather, you know, fan. He's a fair weather. Mm. Wow, fair weather, fair I weather. Have, TV I have a watchers, which are being called Nick Prince. Prince is, uh, already said things. I hope this isn't a surprise to the to the listeners. Uh, a teacher, um, and you you've been in a school setting, although it's been different during COVID. Uh, could you ever imagine the type of all-out war oh my gosh. that occurs in that high school that <laughs> <ever laughs> actually taking place in a school? You know what's funny is when I was watching that scene, the first thing that popped into my mind was, where the hell are all the teachers? I'm like, I'm like, look, and then it goes on for another 15 no, minutes. I'm like, looking around, I'm like, there's no <laughs> way this would ever happen without somebody, like, coming out of a classroom and, like, trying to stop it, at least, like, within the first, I don't know, five minutes. But I mean, hey, listen. I appreciated the scene for what it was, um, but that would be absolute chaos. Like we'd have to, like that's like call the cops kind of level of crazy. I thought it was kind of cool, ballsy how Tori went in and took the the PA system and and, and called out Sam. I was like, that's that's dope. I've, no, I've never yeah. heard of that. Movie yeah, that was pretty cool. I was like, it kind of made it like a little like too, and it's what led to it where the brawl was awesome to watch, but like too like a little too dramatic and too over the top. And I feel like Tori doing that was, but it still was badass and cool. But I'm like, no one, no kid doing that. Like I don't think they're going to get in, or like they're just going to like, yeah, wait for them right. outside the classroom and be she, like, I'm she coming threatens for you, a student, like, you know, like, and then no one. But does I thought it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she just walked out of the office, like right past the, the counselor, exactly. whoever was in there, and just like go out the hallway and start a brawl. But again, I. For this show, I'm fine with that. Like, there's yeah. there's just a lot of leeway that I'm happy to give because I'm just here yes. for the entertainment and it's it's interesting storytelling. Um, and it's you know I don't I I don't know exactly what my rules are and why I will give this leeway to this show and not that show, but this show it deserves that kind of leeway. Um, well, I kind of maybe connects to it. Because this is, even though it's set in today's time, 
there is a big 80s feel, obviously, with the flashbacks and, and the karate being so popular <laughs> in the town. Just everything, you know, karate being popular, which it's not anymore. So there's a lot of 80s. So, I, A, I'm wondering for you if that's why, because it's even though it's now, it still has like an 80s feel. When sure. That was like okay more in the movies, like and more like acceptable. But connecting to that, Jim, I you know I wanted to ask you first, and Nick, you can you know if you have any opinions on it. How did you feel about the character of Johnny Lawrence being so in every way possible stuck in the eighties? I mean, like not knowing about the internet and I, just I the car, the music. Show would like, be good how, how did you that. take? I think that? it's a defining feature of Johnny. And I would not be nearly as good if it wasn't for wow, Johnny. Wow, would it be good? I think that's a that's a core of who he is. I think it's what makes his performance so dynamic. And I think that it's there is a, a bit of commentary that there are a lot of people that are like that. Maybe not necessarily like I don't know anything about technology, but people who are reluctant to use it that much. Um, and there are people in the world that are that are like Johnny and feel like things were the best when it was the 80s. And there there's definitely room for that person to be the center of the TV show for all the good things and all the bad things that that person brings to the table. It's what I think one of the most fascinating things about this show is is Johnny and his uh, banquet beers. <laughs> banquet beers. So, um. <laughs> No, I think Jim brings up a good point. Nick, what, I, I mean, what, if you're what looking you at it from a writing perspective or from you know a, a directing perspective, you need an avenue with which to connect your audience to the nostalgia of the '80s, and I think Johnny just plays the role of that avenue. Um, I think it fits his character well, um, I, I, uh, because of his demeanor and 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 ha- how he how he acts, how he carries himself. Um, so I, I think it's the perfect avenue for, for that nostalgia. And I do agree in that it's one of the better parts of the show because through Johnny, you get, you get those flashbacks, you get uh, that eighties, um, you know, little snapshots of that, that eighties uh, culture, um, you know, whether it's the music or the cars or the, or the beer or, you know, him not knowing anything about technology. I, I think it, add some comedic value it adds some nostalgia i think it's really good for the show i mean when he when he was saying like i have one of those dota- those hash browns to the end i was dying i was just cracking up um so yeah, i just <laughs> felt like it fit his character really well my my favorite scene by the way is what you just said i think that is the funniest thing is is that Johnny Lawrence talking to Aisha? Then I I should have I forget the group, but she's like he's like put that song on there. Like, you don't have the copyright for it. Goes yeah, no, I got it in my car. <laughs> it push some hash browns over. Hash brown over. And she's just like look, yeah. Aisha plays yeah. it great. She's like looking at him like uh like <laughs> my favorite scene. So I I also kind of want to flip it. You know, Nick, what did you think? And Jim, you as well with, um, you know, because you have the flashback part, but you also have the guest appearances from, you know, I thought I was kind of blown mm-hmm. away when uh, Mrs. LaRusso comes on there. I was like, whoa, blast from the past. So like, and even some of the other Cobra Kai members, how did you guys feel about how they 
use not just the flashbacks. I don't know about Jim, but I, I, well, I'm interested to hear into, Jim's thoughts on this. I thought show. that was one of the strongest episodes. Was when they uh, the, the uh, all I don't know, I forget how many it, it was, but the group of them went on that kind of like road trip, um, and you got you got to kind of see all those characters and and how they you know acted and how they were around each other like all these years later they still kind of kept in touch. I thought that was one of the strongest episodes. I think it really humanized the concept of the people that were in Cobra Kai. I think up until the show came out, everyone imagined these little jerk kids that were in high school in the 80s and they just all stayed the same. But it's like, no, they grew up and had families. And just like real life, there are a lot of people who are big jerks in high school and they don't stay that way forever. Um, but I think that like everyone just sort of imagines like, put him in a body bag, Johnny, and like, that's it. And that, that guy was like that for the rest of his life. And he was just miserable. And that's not really the case. Um, so I thought that was a cool episode where you really got to, to take a look at those guys. And again, when they brought on Danny's mom, it, I'm impressed at the reach of it. And I do think that it really just makes that whole world more realistic. And, uh, and the cool tie is, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it made everything more believable. And, and it, that's what makes it such a, such a quality show is how much they've reached for that. I, I will say this. I, I don't feel as strong. I'm I, I'm okay with Amanda Larusso. The one time I'm with Jim though is when she started snapping at <laughs> Mrs. You know, Lucille Larusso, Danny's mom. I was like, you don't talk to Mrs. Larusso that way. I was getting, I wasn't feeling her on that scene, Jim. I was there that part. I was with you. Everything else, I think you know. You're Did a she stronger her for something like really about. stupid that too? Scene, I, was like, I forget what it was. I think it's something like really day. dumb though. You don't do that. Like not something you should be snapping Maybe about. Related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like something, yeah, in, something like meat in the kitchen. I'm like, whoa, whoa, yeah, like what meatballs is going on? There's bad blood like cooking. Yeah, this is this bad, this bad blood. And then I'm you like, got that OG little LaRusso. pipsqueak dork son down. that just <laughs> exists. They don't really develop him, and he's <laughs> there, and he'll disappear for like six episodes. And you're like, oh yeah, there's another <laughs> kid that lives here. He does. He. He does kind of disappear. I hope they go. I hope they do a deep dive. I can't even tell you his name. That's how much yeah. he's not on the show. I hope we get an Anthony deep dive. So how we really flesh what, out. Anthony. What kind of layers are there going to be there? Who knows, man? He's like ten. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to say this for me. I um, the that kind of bothers me the the most. Maybe about the Larusso clan. Is how they handled. It. I'm not a parent, oh man a judge, but like, bitching up his dad constantly. I think how Anthony is just so disrespectful. Give me a soda. Yeah, I struggled with that, and then I'll be honest. Don't hold back. Dude. I know it's you know 2020 is not the old school way, but walk walking in on your daughter throwing a big house party with boys and. Girl and all this stuff and loud music and you know and the reaction that they got and like the pretty much like nothing. Hey, we're gonna have a party just next time. Blah blah blah. Are you saying that like, Mr. and Mrs. Larusso are terrible yeah, freaking parents? Because that. yeah, I'm with you a hundred percent, a hundred and ten percent. They're awful. They're so bad because that kid is like that because no one ever told him he couldn't be like that. They just sort of let him do it and then yeah. 
they, right? Sam betrays the trust of her family, and they're just like, ah, oh, don't do it again. <laughs> I'm going to say this. That, but to my point, though, I don't love Amanda LaRusso, Danny's wife, but that's why I can't be so hard because Danny's allowing a lot of stuff. I think that is why he's trying to find himself because he, he knows Mr. Miyagi's looking down from heaven, shaking that's his head. Daniel's like, what soft. have you become? Like, he's like, I don't know this kid. And I think that's where he's struggling. That's why he's trying to find himself. He got real soft. Real soft. So... I, I do, I guess, you know, season three, and I, I'll be honest, it's it's surprising in a way, but it's not that I'm I'm counting down. You know, January 8th, 2021, season three dropping. What are some of the things that, A, you want to see, like, happen? Like, things like storylines you want, like, you're hoping will happen. And then, B, some of the things that you want to see where I it's going. That's already happening. You want to, to see where see, it's going to take us. Um, Start with you, Nick. Johnny and Danny team up against Crease. Uh, I, I I hope they wouldn't. I would hope they wouldn't accelerate it and have it happen too fast because there's there are a lot of complicated factors there, and I know with the way that the season two finale ended, um, it's not going to be immediate. But Kreese has taken over the dojo, and that kind of leaves a lot of opportunities available um, to, in regards to like directions that they could take the story in. And I would really like to see if uh, – because we saw, we, ca- we saw like little snippets here and there of those two kind of getting along a little bit um, and Danny starting to come around. And um, I, would, I would like to see that. I would like to see them develop Tori. A little bit more. We don't know much about her background yet, um, and I would like to um, see them maybe. I see with Robbie, it's tough because you know he's going to wind up in like juvie or something, <laughs> like you know. Um, but yeah, basically, I'm looking for I'm looking for the the team up to go against Crease. Um, I just worry that maybe a season three might be too early to do something like that, but we'll see. Um, I would, I think that this show would benefit from uh, flashing forward in time, probably between the seasons and not getting, not getting caught up in a hospital for too long kind of a thing. Like if he's in the hospital for the entire season, I think it's going to kind of take it in a direction that's a little too serious. Um, and I really hope that this doesn't continue to escalate off the rails um, because I think it's, it's at its best when it's that's sort of, they're kind of at the precipice of that, but they never go there. Like, I think they went really far in the last episode and I, and I hope that that's not the new normal. Um, I agree with the concept of the team up against crease. I think that they've been building towards that. And I think that that, I think it should happen in the upcoming season. I think um, to Jeremy's point earlier, like they're not necessarily a protagonist antagonist. If it's more of a foils sort of a thing, um, we've seen how they can get along and it would be cool if they kind of, uh, they worked, they worked together uh, a little of my old school with a little of your new and they kind of just sort of make it happen. (laughs) Um, the interesting <laughs> wrinkle 
uh, at the end is right. Wasn't like a Facebook request or something from yeah. what's her name, Allie. You know that's gonna blow up, man. That's from Allie. You know that's I think, and that's I'm much more interested in that kind of drama than like a high school child might die drama. Jeez. Like there, there are reasons why I watch this show, and I'm here. For, well, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm here for I'm here for the, like the juicy like oh, your old girlfriend's coming back, not the, like, oh, this kid might die. That's, I don't want that. And I will tell you um, now, I will stay. And, of course, I, the last thing I will say is uh, uh, more Stingray. Uh, I'm definitely looking for more Stingray in Season 3. <laughs> well, uh, I will say, just real quick, I, I just want to make it known, <laughs> Allie or not, I Nick, you don't seem to throw with Jim Ride Jansen. or die, Team Carmen. Wow. Oh, through. Loyalty. Yeah, man. A little loyalty. Wow. I got, I Big got statement. Throw around. Big statement. Loyalty throw around there. I like it. That's what, I, I, dude, I like I'm wondering it. the same I, thing. I, I, I don't know, know like, can, what, what I have really no have predictions be done with to what they're going to do with that, with bringing that character back. It's very much like, we didn't need her. We kind of had all the players we thought, and then, like, oh my God, but that's. That's Allie's music, and it's just like, oh, and then. We'll Is she going to cause another rip between everything. Johnny and Danny somehow? Like, you know, yes, like they'll be getting along, and they'll be teaming up against Crease, and then she comes back, and then she causes drama between them, and then there's a fissure there, and like, ah. Uh... Which is ridiculous because he is a married man. And he, Danny, I think, is gets way too caught up in some of this shit for having his own family and job and wife. I think Johnny kind of didn't have a lot going for him, and I, he, he has way more leeway to get away with like how involved he is and stuff. And I think that Danny is. Yeah, I mean, well, Johnny can do whatever. I mean, his his ex is wow, whack job. Yeah. She's just lost in the sauce. She is a whack. She literally is though. She's going to rehab. <laughs> Yeah, she's nah, a man. He didn't do good there. <laughs> Damn, nope. Nick. <laughs> um, and that I think I, I don't know what's little, worse. I think the good I looking little 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 I forgot about the rehab. I'll be honest. <laughs> when I was saying that, I forgot about that. But uh, she was pretty terrible. But well, you I mean, come on, man. She's neglecting a kid. Neglecting she's her bad son. Mom. They, they they are both they were both not being great parents to Robbie. I, I don't yeah, think anybody's be fighting locked that up for that. Mm. Well, she yeah. Well, is he, yeah. He, I, he, I, he, I don't, well, think, he's, I don't he's, think he's supposed to be like. I don't know how old he was exactly. Was he still seventeen or sixteen or? He's emancipated because he like he dropped know, out yeah. of like school. <laughs> like, he, he you know. Yeah. Um, you know, shame on me. There's still, there's two characters that really got to kind of go into. And cause you mentioned it, Jim, and this is kind of what I thought with the season two finale, the biggest far fetched thing for me, this fight was definitely there, but like crease who we see was like homeless in a shelter, but then he has money to like pay the rent to like, yeah, was real weird. and all this. I'm like, where I had the same question kind of happen in my opinion. Crease is an enigma, and I think a lot of times they're just like, forget, forget what we've told you about Crease. We're taking Crease in a new direction. 
Um, I think that I think that they may find a way to rectify all of that, um, and it could be some shady dealings or something that he, that he's up to. Um, I'm looking forward to the, the darkest version. I'm looking of at Crease, and I'm like, the only way he could have got that money is and... in tracks. Like he's just got that. He's just got that look, you know, that de- 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 that degenerate <laughs> look. Also, it uh, is true. At the track, could just be paying for it off of the tuition from the students, and if the students like Hawk are like, I only want to work with Crease. Um, like it could, I mean, it pay, you know, what I mean, there's not a lot of oh, wait, he's, not, dra- he's not drafting the contracts, ladies and gentlemen. Hawk, signing Hawk to a five-year uh, deal. I, no, he does. I mean, I think that he did. Like, I think that he did. I think that when in that episode you talked about where where, where Johnny goes away, um, and they go on that little retreat, and that guy died. Um, they the Crease was was making inroads to to sort of have people who would be loyal to him specifically, and there I think that's that's going to come home to roost. And there are some people who will, and some people who won't. And so I, I think Crease did. Let me ask this one last question on him. Did you, when you saw him go to the homeless shelter and Johnny visited him, was there any part of you that thought that yes. maybe Crease is yes. not so evil? Yes, that he's kind of gray. Okay. I, no, which I think was really well done. I, I was like, maybe Crease isn't so bad and maybe this will work out with him and Johnny and he'll be annoying, but. He, he can kind of back it up a little bit. Um, and, you know, Nick, I cracked the joke earlier, but it also... Um, yeah, I, I thought that was kind of... evolution did, did in the character of Dimitri. one of the longer ones to develop? I felt like they, they kind of... They they were dragging that out a little bit, Dimitri, because I, I, I found myself kind of wondering, like, when's he going to... I, I, I know he's going to have a moment, but like when and he doesn't have it until like the the season two finale. Is like, I was like, finally. If I could, if I could make another uh, reference, <laughs> I would say that Dimitri, you know, it, it took Neville Longbottom. I was, seven I was waiting for that Neville Harry Potter drop. I was waiting for it. It, it took oh. Neville a long time to get there, and I think that the two seasons ultimately isn't that much for Dimitri. But I think that he's definitely the one that shied away the most from from uh, violence, and he's he's getting there. Uh, I, I I will be hard pressed to see him like beat someone in a match. Like I just I, I don't see the killer instinct in Dimitri, but he's at least learning how to defend himself a smidge. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, how about the he took down, down the verbal takedown? That was pretty, he put uh, pretty impressive. Oh, I forgot about that. That took some. Dimitri's got some stones on him. I'll say that he stood up to some bullies. He's taken his beatings, and he did that knowing that Hawk would kick his ass. Um, I thought that was kind of a cool standing up for yourself moment from Dimitri. That was. I kind of felt like this though. I felt it was weird. It was great, but also like, and I'm not the biggest Miyagi Do. I mean, I I root for the Cobra Kai kids, but I was like, it's not the Miyagi Do way, man. Like you kind of like you, you mic dropped them. I mean, it was a mic drop, but I'm like, you really went. <laughs> do you low feel there. like you, you know? Do you feel like any Michelle Obama Miyagi Do including Dan? He went low. Have ever been completely true to themselves and and that and that philosophy? Uh, because I feel like. 
Aisha and Miguel are much like truer to the concepts of Johnny Lawrence than are any of the students of Danny. I think Dimitri is true to, to I mean, he had a fall there, but Dimitri is trying with Eli slash Hawk, you know, we call him Hawk. He's trying with him. Um, I, I really do. I feel um, <laughs> I I thought Dimitri was maybe and Nick, you're right. It felt very long for a guy who I'm like, I don't know if he's a main character. For but sure. I thought it was great. Hey, I thought some yes. of the best comedic <laughs> moments were da- Daniel teaching Dimitri. And I kind of like that. It wasn't like we the classic karate kid where he doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. And then all, all, you know, all of a sudden, all these chores, he gets it. I like that he's kind of like complaining and doesn't get it and doesn't understand. Even when it finally clicks in that meat locker, he celebrates. And then yeah, well, he kind of does get it, though, guy. because he calls him out. He's like, yeah, I he know you're trying to like, you it's know, hilarious. all these tasks are supposed to have me like, you know, unconsciously, you know, do all this stuff and like have me learn all the moves. And like, But can we just skip to like, <laughs> like, can we just skip to this and that? I'm like, oh, man, this dude is the worst. It was funny. It was funny. He, he it was annoying, but it, it it was. You're right. It was very annoying, but it was it was hilarious. It just cracked me up. I I liked it. All right, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe so, some more up the yeah, There are far worse. There are far worse characters. You know what I'm saying. Easy. Easy. I mean, yeah, I like Dimitri more than I yeah, like Dimitri Sam, is better than know, Sam. Sam's wife. So. <laughs> I didn't say Carly was Sam, though. <laughs> you said it. Dimitri. Carly, Jim said it. Dimitri's up. Dimitri's, I, know, I think I like yeah, Dimitri you better agree. than I like Robbie. Robbie's... Ugh. Yeah, man, you guys are sleeping on Robbie. For sure. Your team, your team Robbie, man. That's good for you. Robbie's pretty... He's... <laughs> he's yeah, and Carly's, you know, team Robbie as well. Jim's wife. Um, so... That's that's important to say. I, I think Robbie just – I think he could have been good, Nick. They just rushed it to – if they didn't make – like they make so many other characters gray, I think they should have made Robbie more gray, in my opinion. They kind of made him too extreme, and that's why I didn't like it, where – I don't know. I, I didn't really like it too much. Like, he, he became then too milk toast. And two drivers. Uh, yeah, I agree with the fact that the, the like, transition was I stopped believing way too fast. Um, I don't know, but I still found, found even with that, found myself, uh, you know, rooting for him to kind of you know get his life together and and learn from Danny and all that stuff. I thought that was that was a cool relationship, um, you know, Danny being that mentor, but. I, no, I completely, I completely understand. But from from a developmental standpoint, it, it happened way too quickly. Um, something we haven't talked about that I think is an important relationship on the show is Johnny's relationship with Miguel, and then how and how he sort of looks at the where he's made mistakes with his own son. Um, yeah, and like I think, like I think that while he has screwed up, Johnny Lawrence is much more aware of, of his failures than Danny is. Um, and in some ways, I think mm. he's, he's destined to be a better father in the long run. Um, Whoa! But, yeah, guys. Um, but so, <laughs> so like, yeah. Wow. So yeah. 
I think like one, he, it took him a long time to realize that like he was brought yeah, up guys. incorrectly by his father figure, which was Crease, and now he's purposefully not teaching those lessons uh, to Miguel. He's teaching them elsewhere. Whereas Danny is like, I was taught by this person, and I'm teaching them the same exact way. I think it's easier to do that than to than to find out what you think is going to be best to pass on to someone. Um, and then I think that it's got to be very hard for him to kind of go through this process with Miguel while Robbie's on the other literal other team. And that's his actual son. Um, I think that is one of the coolest parts of the show. And I think that their relationship is going to continue to have that fracture and their sort of long journey to reconciliation is going to be hopefully one that, that pays off and ends up in a good spot. But I think it's, it's one of the better things of the show, uh, for sure. I can't disagree with, uh, I don't know if he'll be a better father. I will say this. I, I see everything. I think you made a lot of great points, a lot of great observations. I, I think the one thing, because I think that's where I like seeing Daniel, the struggle is that he is trying to just copy Mr. Miyagi and he's not, taking those, you know, lessons and, and those teachings and, but you have to be yourself. But I think the only thing I can say that Johnny has an advantage on is that Johnny has those, that father, like you said, I agree, crease as a father figure or his stepdad, he has those right in his face to be like, I don't want to be you. Where, Mr. Miyagi was like a uh, good Daniel, Mr. So, like, Miyagi it makes it hard. You know, away, it makes it so harder. Like, like, I'm not saying that there were no Mr. Miyagi flaws, but ultimately he was made out to be a very, uh, what do you want, Prince? Virtuous. Gandalf? You want Gandalf? I was going uh, for an adjective, but sure. Continue, continue with your, <laughs> your analogies. Obi-Wan? Yes. Yeah. We'll go with Obi-Wan. We'll go with Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. The, uh, the, but the, you're right. I'm glad you did bring it up, though, because the Johnny, the Johnny Miguel is a very good uh, relationship. And maybe I think to me, uh, yeah, yeah I think that's the heart of, of the, Man, the most important one is of the franchise is really those that that type of a relationship and, and someone learning from someone older and then in turn them learning from each other. Um, and I think you're you're getting a lot of that out of out of that relationship. And, and Miguel is if someone had to be the Karate Kid. It's Miguel, I think. I hope they don't go away from that. You know, I hope they don't go away from Johnny and Miguel. I, I, I think that's the that's really at the crux of the show. I, well, I, Miguel might die. I don't know. He's not going to die. I know. He's but he might. <laughs> Once he gets out of traction, uh, you know, they'll hopefully rebuild that, that um, you know, kinship. Huh? But. Bionic, Jeez. bionic karate, bionic body. karate. Like a Friday night body. Oh my special Olympics karate. Wow! Oh my god! Go! Oh, possible, man. It's possible. <laughs> wow! Wow! Oh, let me. Uh, let me. Let me. Because we're we're winding down with the time we're hitting that that two hour mark. Um, let's. I want to get you know favorite character, least favorite character, the John Rothfield. My favorite character is Johnny. Favorite episode, Uh, all that good stuff. So, uh, Jim, favorite character. I'll start with you. And he's he's 
trying and he's great to see fail um, because you also know that ultimately he's going to keep trying to do the right thing. But when he fails, it's very funny. Um, so I think they really created a really interesting person and it's, and it's carrying the show for me. And I think that he's, he's the best for sure. I, I also am going Johnny Lawrence. Um, I love the fact that they, they flip this whole they thing around and um, you know, you're getting to kind of travel this journey with them and, and see him make mistakes and learn from it. And um, you're, you're getting to see him as a protagonist and, and, and root for him a little bit. Um, so yeah, I go, I go Johnny as well. How about, how about you? I'm going to go with Miguel um, because I liked, I felt it was very real. Like that relationship with Johnny wasn't, which I felt the same with you know the original Karate Kid with Danny and uh, Mr. Miyagi, and I like that Miguel kind of you know even in the early moments, it's annoying Johnny, but Miguel's like really trying to get him into you know the 21st century, and, and Miguel being so nerdy and it's kind of like like I think almost like that is like that kind of overtakes Johnny's like kind of, I don't want to say that's true but yeah. like tough coaching in the beginning. <laughs> You know, Miguel's just trying, like, trying to help him, like, understand, like, this is a, this is a computer, and this is how the world is working in the, you know, two thousand, I guess at the time, eighteen. So this is where we're at. And what, Sensei? Yeah, you don't know about this or that, like, and th- that kind of interaction, it, like, would kind of trip up Johnny, and, and then a thousand push-ups, and then Miguel's kind of like, oh, okay. I, and then just seeing him, you know, get the confidence to talk to Sam and that whole evolution, and then. Season two, seeing him being torn between I want to be a badass, but I don't want to be an evil guy either. Uh, and him being the one to see the division happening before Johnny even saw um, I th- This was a tough one for me Miguel. because so I don't I, really Miguel's dislike any character uh, on the show because of how you know, what they all bring to, to the story. Uh, but if I had to pick one, I'm going Hawk. Um just because of how, you know, after he, like, he completely transformed into this total just tool and just, I don't know. I, I, he was an underdog and then he goes from that to a bully. And I understand it's great for the show. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I respect, you know, what they did and the creative decisions that they made, but. Man, he got on my nerves so much, especially in that second season. Amanda LaRusso just bugs me. Um, I th- she needs to get Jim her house in order. So, uh, she needs to get, get her, her house get in order, order. D. Get <laughs> her house in order. Yeah, I know, I know. I don't. I know. Honestly, yeah, I think that uh, that is a. I think it's you more are taking this podcast you credit for because I think a lot of times it's, it's that's the man's <laughs> job to have your house in order. I'm not talking like oh it's messy and she needs to clean up. I'm saying like there are relationships that are fractured all over the Larusso family, and I don't think she's doing a great enough job of communicating with her husband the stakes of what are going on. Um, and I think it's more of a writing thing, but she just doesn't seem to be involved that much in anything and she almost seems to care the most about the cars and i don't think that's the right <laughs> direction for her to go either 
Like, women, women shouldn't be around the cars. No, she's good at her job. What I'm saying is, like, but not at the expense of your marriage or your family. <laughs> but to be fair, I thought we've gone this whole podcast saying how Danny is lost I think that, in 1984. I, what I'm saying is I think that that's the reason Kai. that there's a show. Danny's abandoning his, I think the son would I just think Amanda. that her reaction to it isn't believable to me. Like, he's being absolutely freaking ridiculous, and I'm making that concession in order to believe in the show. But what I'm having a harder time believing is that his wife would just sort of do what she's doing about it, as opposed to mm, treating the whole situation differently. Um, and so... Eh. Uh, she did it in an annoying fashion. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. She's she easily did put my on the character. I don't like the scenes that she does. She's she's not like she's not in the show. She's in the show a lot. She's an important character, and I just wish it was better developed. She turned down that turned down that sushi too. You see that spread? You see that spread? That was, I hear you. It wasn't. Ooh, it's, it's, there's no way they're eating all that. I mean, that's a sign. That's a good. That spread looked good. good. They look good. Spread looked pretty good. <laughs> I will say that. But for me, uh, it's uh, it's a Larusso, but it's not Amanda. It's Samantha Larusso. Uh, um, she she just I don't like that. You know, she's just as dirty as everybody else, but tries to be all innocent and um, you know, too many times acts like she's all good and stuff. But you're then, from like, the wrong you know, side of the <laughs> You must be you because your belief, you're lower class, so you stole from me. Yeah, and you know, getting getting some love quickly and abandoning Aisha like that's that's not road doggy, but she acts like she puts a smile on and she's good. You know the way she did Miguel. That's just Miguel being a little bitchier. I don't know. That's just as much (laughs) on Miguel, maybe even more uh, than it is on Sam. That's true. I should have heard. I think, I think Sam just tries to be innocent and lovey dovey, and then as quickly as once every now, Robbie's defending her in that epic season two finale fight, and then when things go awry and Miguel goes down, Robbie, what did you do? Like quickly, like oh, you just abandoned him, like you know, like Robbie, oh, Robbie was sure. bra- in this brawl with you. You were he was defending you. You were the one who was big part of causing all this, like. And then now, boom. Robbie, and she, I mean, this goes back to what? Oh, she man. kissed Miguel, like, right? Fugazi. So, Sam LaRusso. She kissed Miguel. Just a fugaze. I'm with you. She kissed Miguel, playing with the man's emotions. Uh, yeah, like mother, like daughter. Playing with the emotions. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. Hey, it's those LaRusso women, right? Oh. Uh. All right, who is uh, the the John Raphael Award? So, Jim, it's your first time on, but that character who's not a main character, they kind of come on that's, that's you know, here and there, but when Stingray they're on, to me. the screen Stingray just kind of like up every scene he's in. Even when he's not talking, if they're just doing karate, but Stingray's there, I can't not watch that guy. Uh, so it's Stingray for me 100%. Yeah, I, I mean, I felt like we were probably all going to agree on on this one. Uh, it, it's Sting Stingray for me. I, I just Nick? whenever whenever he's on screen, he's got me cracking up. Uh, it's just he just yeah. does a great job. 
<laughs> yeah, and Stingray for me, even that epic brawl and when he starts fighting and if he gives Hawk the high five, it, it was just great. It was be- it, it was uh, icing on the cake for an epic episode. I can say this for me though for that episode. When I watched it multiple times, talk about getting hype. Like I, when that fight scene happens, I'm, I'm, I don't. It's like the Rocky movies where like you get ant. Like I got ants. I'm like, let's go. Like I loved it. So like I give it kudos for that. You could see it coming. You knew it was going to come, but it didn't disappoint. On it was like, great. It first got first day excited, of school too. It was epic. You so, never see that comedy mixed in with the fight. It was all over, but it was great. That's true. That's true. Well, you know, <laughs> the big thing is Johnny Lawrence asked Robbie in the car, do you have your trapper keeper? And Robbie oh, said no. Oh, so Robbie good. didn't have Just imagine we would have had that trapper keeper, which I love that reference, by the way. <laughs> but, hey, this was fun, fellas. And, Jim, thank I you for really coming love on. This. I love the show. Our, I love you know, talking about this kind of stuff. And, and, and it's much, I, it much appreciated. In that. talking about this, I really was able to really hone in, I think, on why I like the show. In some ways, it's been a little bit of a mystery to me. And I think that I, I was, it was good to unpack all of this and find out, you know, is it just me that thinks this or do you guys think it too? So thank you guys for, for talking about it with me because I think uh, yeah, it's a good show and I, and I like talking about good shows. Thanks, dude. Absolutely. Anytime you want to come back, man, just let us know. We're more than glad to have you. Yeah, it's been a little good. It feels I had a lot yeah, of fun with this one, uh, especially. It's um, good to, to, to do Jim, this again. Jim brought an extra dynamic uh, that, that you yeah. know we 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 haven't had before. Um, and I I am I'm passionate about about this yeah. show, and I will be going forward. Um, Cobra Kai is one that I think has, has a lot of untapped potential even after two seasons. Um, so it's good to, good to be back on it, man. And, uh, down to, you know, see what we're going to do next. Yeah. Same. It's good to, good to have you back. It's good to have you back. So I want to give a special thanks to our special guest, Jim Moore, and for the 